Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Astros Baseball. It's February the 1st. I'm your host, Rob Fontenot. Speaking of February, it is my birthday month, February 17th. I will be 48 years old. Uh, February the 2nd, tomorrow, will be the one-year anniversary of the podcast, so I've made it through a whole year. Uh, Last February, the first month ever, 85 total listens, and last week we reached 25,000 the 25,000 milestone. Also, in January, the most listens in the history of this podcast. The most listens ever in January. Not January, but the month of January. The most listens to the podcast of all time in the whole one-year history of the podcast. So... What is this podcast going to be about? Uh, We're going to talk about the Astros. Finally, make another free agent move and pick up a pitcher to add to the rotation. Clears things up a little bit. Also, it's another episode of McTaggart's Inbox. We'll read about that. And then, I had a little spat with someone on Twitter. Not really a big spat. But he made a negative comment about something that I posted. So it led me to look something up. And we'll talk about that. So we'll be right back, folks, with all this exciting stuff here on Astros Baseball. All right, so last night the Astros signed... Wade Miley to a one-year deal, $4.5 million with $500,000 in incentives. Those incentives are based on games pitched or games started. I think it's either way. If he ends up in the pen, there's a different number. But as far as being a starter, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. If he can reach 30 starts, that's another $500,000. It's $100,000 for each milestone. So this will be made official today in a press conference at Minute Maid Park. So now you got Verlander, Cole, McHugh, and Wade Miley in the rotation. And who is the fifth guy? In my mind, it's going to be Josh James, although I would be okay with it being Peacock. So it's probably going to be one of those. And I've said before, if you use Framber Valdez then Josh James and Peacock can both be in the bullpen. But I think with already losing McHugh to the starting rotation, I think they're going to leave 
Peacock there and have James. I think Josh James is more of a starter. So anyway, what about Wade Miley? Uh, Last season, he's 32 years old. Last season, he played with Milwaukee. Uh, He had such a bad year. The year before that, he signed a minor league contract with him. They called him up. His, His season was shortened with injuries, but he finally was able to play for them, and he made 16 starts. A 5-2 record with a 2.57 ERA. If he can bring that to the Astros, that's a very good pickup, especially for $4.5 million. You look back at 2017 when he was with the Orioles, that's really the only team I remember him being a member of. 5.61 ERA with the Baltimore Orioles. So he couldn't even find a job. He had to sign a, I believe he signed a minor league deal with the Royals. I believe that's what I read. And then he got traded to Milwaukee. But anyway, or or I think he left Kansas City. But it has something to do with him. But he ended up pitching very well for Milwaukee. So it's another veteran arm. I think it's a good pickup. And as far as baseball goes, $4.5 million. I mean, if he doesn't pan out. He could just be another left-handed bullpen. So last year, he lowered his walk rate. It was a short sample size, but he did lower it. And he also developed a cutter, which a lot of experts think that is what made him successful. That change is what helped him. And as you all know, like Charlie Morton, who was Mr. Injury Prone in the past, uh comes to the Astros and Brett Strom turns him into an even better pitcher. So I'm curious to see. He's he's already made himself better. We're going to have Brent Strom making him even better. So the sky's the limit. So speaking of the roster, there's just one thing. I just stumbled upon this. I don't know what page I was on, but it was also... It was on the Indians' website. Someone had wrote in and asked the expert, uh, do they think Encarnacion is going to make the 25-man roster? And so I saw that, and it caught my eye, and I was thinking, why wouldn't he make it? Uh, so anyway, it said he, they still wanted to move Encarnacion, and the two potential landing spots for him, maybe they're not talking to him, but they're potential according to this story. It says the Astros and the Rays. So is there a possibility the Astros, because they still have money to burn, they still have money to spend, are they going to go out and pick this guy up? But it said also that the Astros have enough good players that they can rotate someone through that position and that they don't really need a designated designated hitter. He did have a two forty six batting average, 32 homers, 107 RBIs, $20 million a year contract. Uh, But it does say the Indians are willing to pay for some of that. So that's one thing I wanted to address, the DH position. Part of me doesn't want to address it because I want Kyle Tucker to come up and play. But we'll see. Just wanted to throw that out there because I just read that this morning and I wanted to share it with you. (laughs) 
Okay, so the next segment, we're going to talk about my favorite uh, story that they put on Astros.com, the inbox, where uh, people ask questions to Brian McTaggart. So the first question was, with the possibility of losing even more starting pitchers uh, and Lance McCullers returning from Tommy John, shouldn't the Astros focus more on signing pitchers long-term instead of just picking up guys for one season? And I don't know if this... I'm pretty sure this guy asked this question before the Wade Miley pickup. So now... The Astros have Verlander, Garrett Cole, McHugh, and Wade Miley. Uh, all four of them. This is the only year they're under contract with the Astros. So all four of them, unless they get signed, will be gone. And all we'll have for next season is Lance McCullers Jr. But we also will have Forrest Whitley, who I think will make his debut this season. And like I've claimed before... He will be the ace of the of the uh, rotation in 2020. Josh James will be there. So you got McCullers, Forrest Whitley, Josh James. You also have Bukakis, Valdez, and Corbin Martin. Not sure what a splash Bukakis and Martin's going to make this year. But you've got options. You've got a lot of guys, a lot of young guys to fill that rotation. And so if they pan out, we are set in our rotation for years to come. I honestly believe there's a chance Colin McHugh could re-sign because he's not going to be that expensive. It depends on what kind of year he has. And Verlander, he played all those years with Detroit. He didn't want to get traded, but he changed his mind finally at the end. I don't see him wanting to go to another team. I see him as someone that's going to want to stay here. But do I see the Astros wanting to cover that $30 million a year price tag. I don't know. We sh- we shall see. But I think out of the three, uh, Garrett Cole is the least likely to stay. And uh, Wade Miley, if uh, Brent Strom turns him around, not that he didn't already turn himself around, but if he has a good year, uh, he's going to get paid next year also. So I think we're going to be good. Lance McCullers, uh, Forrest Whitley, Josh James, and maybe two other free agent pickups next season. So we're good to go. That's my answer for that. So, next question. Are you expecting Devo to bounce back, or did he reach his peak? Uh, Devo, 2017, all-star. He was awesome. Uh, Devo was lights out. Unbelievably good. And last year... Uh, second half of the season, a 12.46 ERA. Spent some time on the DL. Was just not as good as he was. This is my opinion, and I'm kind of reading what he's saying, and I agree with everything. Uh, with the bullpen the way it is, I think the bullpen's kind of weak. You got Will Harris. You don't know you can count on all the time. Uh, should be Brad Peacock in there. And Devo. Devo is a big part. If Devo struggles, if Devo doesn't come back to form, I think we're in trouble as far as the bullpen. We're good at the end, like I've said before, Osuna and Presley. It's just that middle piece. So here's another piece. Why haven't the Strohs brought back Tony Sipp? Um, it's, he says the club is still shorthanded in the bullpen, 
when it comes to lefties. So maybe when the market gets rolling again, they might sign him. I thought maybe they should sign him. He had a 1.86 ERA. Uh, but one thing about Tony Sip is they really only brought him in with lefties. I think they should go out and maybe get like a box burger from Arizona. I think that would be a pretty good pickup. Maybe get both of them. Who knows? Uh, next question. Which of the following players makes the postseason roster? Whitley, Tucker, Martin, or Jordan Alvarez? Uh, my answer right away would be Forrest Whitley. I think Kyle Tucker has a chance if he makes the team out of spring training and stays on the team all year. He has a really good chance. But out of all those guys, the way the team looks now, Forrest Whitley has the best chance of being in on the roster for the playoffs. Uh, this one, he says 14 days until spring training starts. The trade for Diaz pretty much erases Marvin Gonzalez coming back. But how about Dallas Keuchel? Do you think he's going to return? Uh, give me a percentage. Brian McTaggart said his answer overall, 20%. I think that's a pretty good answer. Uh, Keuchel's looking for five to six years at $20 million a season, maybe more. Um, it doesn't seem like he's getting it. I think the Phillies are looking at signing him, but they're kind of waiting on Harper. And I think he's kind of waiting on Harper because I think if the Phillies don't get Harper, that's more money that Keiko's going to make. I'm um, not sure what's going on. I don't know if Keiko's not getting the money. I don't know if he's not getting the years. But uh, if his asking price gets lowered all the way to like two years and $12 million a season, I can see him coming back to Houston. But... Like I said, you got the Phillies uh, who got a lot of money to spend. I think they'll outbid the Astros. Uh, he might get his big money. He might get his $20 million, but it's not going to be for six years, and he's not going to get $20 million to stay here. Although the, uh, uh, the Astros did offer him that qualifying offer. So I, I agree with this, 20%. I think there's a chance, small chance, but uh, who knows. Uh, will Kyle Tucker play a big role on this year's team? Uh, he says he's going to have to force his way into the lineup. And I agree with this. we got Brantley, Springer, and Reddick. There's nowhere for him to play. The only thing he can do, in my opinion, is play DH and uh, give those guys a break in the outfield every once in a while. Uh, he's going to have to uh, beat Tyler White out for the DH. He's also going to have to hope the Astros are done making moves and they don't go pick up a free agent. Uh, I don't think they are, but uh, I don't know. It's all up to him. He's going to have to... Uh, he did do good in uh, spring training last year, so I don't know if doing good in spring training again will mean anything, but if they give him a shot and he comes through, I think he'll be pretty good. But it's mostly going to be at the DH spot. Uh, last question. Can you see the Astros winning 105 games this year? My answer is no. His answer is 98 to 100. Um, in my opinion, looking at the roster, I don't think the Astros are as good 
as they were last year. Last year, they won 103 games, and this guy's wanting to know if they can win 105. I think that's a little too much. The answer to that is no. No, they're not going to win 105. I hope that I'm wrong and they win 110. Who knows? But I don't think they're as good. Uh, it all depends on how good the uh, the division is. Because we play the division 19 times. We've got to have good records against them. Uh, you got the Angels who don't look that good. The A's, they played above themselves last year. And the Rangers, uh, I haven't really... I, the, the Rangers have been active, but it seems like they're just picking up a bunch of guys that nobody wants and they're taking chances on them. So as long as the division is weak, I think that the Astros can do good. But I don't see them winning 105 games. Not when, not when the record is 103 and they did that last year. And I think their team was better. So that's my answer. Hope you enjoyed it. Now let's move on to the final segment of the podcast. Okay, so the last thing I wanted to talk about. Um, I kind of had a spat on Twitter that led me to do some research that led me to put this on the podcast. So anyway, on Twitter, somebody wrote something about how the Astros have let two of their four best pitchers walk. Meanwhile, we're $30 million away from the luxury tax, and our, our payroll is actually $10 million less than last season. So the guy's kind of wondering what's going on. So I just put my comment on there. I put Dallas Keiko was barely over 500 and he's asking for $20 million a year. We can replace him for 500,000 bucks with Josh James. Charlie Morton had a great regular season, but he couldn't stay healthy for the playoffs. Uh, then I wrote, we will win the division. If you like my confidence, we will win the division and we can always make a trade at the deadline if we need to. So this guy, Ivy Envy, which is apparently from Chicago just by reading his name, and uh, I did click on it, and he does have a Chicago Cubs podcast. He wrote, imagine being an Astros fan and citing pitcher wins. So I read that, and what I'm taking from that is he's trying to say that I don't know anything. And also, he's grouping me in with Astro fans. So, so I think he's taking a shot at me, and he's taking a shot at Astro fans as a whole. So I go on to say, I didn't cite that Charlie Morton was 15-3, and three, so I didn't cite his wins. I realized Dallas Keuchel pitched 200 innings. I know it's not all about wins and losses. So... If you know me and you irritate me or make me mad, I'm going to try to do that back to you. So I'm, I guess I'm kind of acting like the guy upset me. So I'm going to try to mess with him. So I put, I'm not quite sure the point of your comment. Are you saying you're better than me? Is that what you're saying? So I'm kind of just trying to get a rise out of him. So he says, nope, that's not what I'm saying. I just find it hard to believe that an Astros fan slash podcaster would cite pitcher wins considering they're irrelevant. So now he's saying wins and losses are irrelevant. And not only am I an Astros fan, but now he's talking negative about me, saying that I should know better 
because I have a podcast. So he's dogging out the whole Astros thing. I'm a fan and now I'm a podcaster. So what I wrote back to him, because I don't let things go, I wrote, they're not irrelevant to pitchers or Hall of Fame voters. If you watch baseball, if you talk to pitchers, we know, I know it's not the best way to grade how good someone is. I know that. I'm not stupid. But pitchers care. They care about wins. If you watch someone struggling and they have the lead trying to get through that fifth inning to get the uh, to, to qualify for the win, these guys want the win. They want it bad. And then they stick around with intensity to make sure the bullpen keeps the win. I guarantee you these pitchers care about wins and they're not irrelevant. They may not be the way to distinguish who the best pitcher is, but they're not irrelevant. Also, Hall of Fame voters, when I watched all the shows about the Hall of Fame, they're talking about this guy has 150 more wins than losses, so they're not irrelevant to them. So that's what I wrote. So I said, thanks for the idea for my next podcast, which I'm sure is nowhere near as good as your perfect podcast. So I go on to say, um, I post to someone else, Verlander had a 2.52 ERA. He went 16 and 9. Garrett Cole, a 2.88 ERA. He went 15 and 5. Charlie Morton, 313, 15 and 3. Dallas Keiko, 374, 12 and 11. Dallas Keiko has the lowest or the highest, the worst ERA out of all of these guys. And it translates into he has the worst win-loss record. So you flip it around the other way. You look at these guys' win-loss record. I show you these four numbers, and I tell you, guess which one of these guys has the worst ERA? Isn't that a way to show which one of these guys are better? If I show you the win-loss record, who are you going to pick? Which one of these guys have the worst ERA? You're going to pick the guy that's 12 and 11. You look over there, boom, it's true. It's not irrelevant. So anyway, I've got like four pages of stuff here that I'm going to go over. And I'm not going to go everything, but I'm just saying it has a lot. I've actually eliminated two of them because I transferred it to one. So anyway, what I want, what the first thing I looked at was run support. What's affecting, why is, I'm going to compare Charlie Morton and Dallas Keuchel. Why Pitching on the same team with the same offensive weapons, the same everything, the same opportunities. Why is Charlie Morton 15-3 and and Dallas Keuchel 12-11? and Run support. When, with two runs or less of run support, Dallas Keuchel went 1-9. and So his 12-11 and record, 1-9 and with no run support. So right there, you can see a big part of Dallas Keuchel's win-loss record was run support. So, you look at Charlie Morton, he's 1-2. and two. Another thing to look at, the, the uh, two games, I mean the run support of two or less, this happened to Dallas Keuchel 13 times, and it only happened to Charlie Morton five. So Charlie Morton is at a big advantage here 
as far as run support. But let me point this out to you. In games of two runs or less of run support, Charlie Morton had a 2.15 ERA. So even if he had a bunch, he's keeping himself in the game. And you look at Dallas Keuchel, in those same situation, his ERA is 4.65. So even if they score four runs, he's not going to win with a 4.6 ERA. So some of it is his. Some of it, part of it, is because he's not getting any run support. But another part of it is his ERA is 4.65. So it's, I mean, some of it is his fault. You go to three to five runs, Keiko's five and two. Six or more runs, he's six and oh. So three runs or more, he's 11 and two. So run support plays a big part of it. Also, his ERA dips down from 4.6 to 3.5 or 3.15 and 3.18. So apparently, he pitches better when he's got some run support. So run support... Very important to Dallas Keuchel's success, in my opinion. But don't forget, because I'm saying the run support also affected his ERA. Maybe he pitches better with the lead. But 4.65 ERA, you can't blame it all in run support. Charlie Morton, three to five runs. He went five and one with a 3.16. Six runs more, nine and oh. So he's 14 and one. Dallas Keuchel's 11 and two. But Charlie Morton is the opposite. The more run support he got, the higher his ERA went. No run support, he's a 2.15. Six or more, 3.56. So so let's look at this another way. If wins and losses don't mean anything. Where is that paper? Okay, you have Verlander. 2.52 ERA, Garrett Cole, 2.88, Charlie Morton, 3.13, Dallas Keuchel, 3.74. Verlander, 16-9, Cole, 15-5, Charlie Morton, 15-3, Dallas Keuchel, 12-11. If I just showed you the win-loss record, and that's all I show you, as a way to measure which one of these guys had a better season, If I showed you the win-loss record and I told you, out of those four guys, I need you to pick the guy you think has the worst ERA. You're going to pick the guy that has a 12-11 and record, and you're going to be right. So it is, it does show, in a way, some sort of who the better pitcher is. But, like I said, it only, you can only do it for the same team. You can't compare win-loss record for a pitcher on another team. You can't compare Astros pitcher, Red Sox pitcher to the Orioles. You can't do it. So what I did, what I did do is I made, I wrote down every game that they pitched, how many innings, how many runs scored, and I adjusted each game that they had a no decision or a game that they won that they should have lost. Like, for example, 
Dallas Keuchel pitched five innings, and he only gave up one run. However, he got a no decision. So instead of being 0-1 after two starts, he should be 1-1. So I adjusted that for a win. His fourth game, he went eight innings. He only gave up two runs. That's well enough to get a win. He should have got a win, but the Astros didn't score for him. So I adjusted that as a win. So instead of being 1-4 after his first month, he turns out to be 3-3. Three and three. So I end up doing that for the whole season. And another example, his 14th game, he pitched four innings and he gave up five runs and he got a no decision. So I, so he escaped getting a loss there. He got a no decision. So I changed that to a loss. So I do the whole season for Dallas Keuchel. I make all these changes, all the adjustments, his record turns out to be 17 and 16. I do the same thing for Charlie Morton. Example, third game he pitched. Six innings, two runs, no decision. I gave him a win. Fifth game, he went four innings, gave up four runs. Should have been a loss, but he got a no decision. I give him the loss. So instead of being... What'd he go? He went 4-0 his first uh, first week. I had him at 5-1. So I did all the adjustments for Charlie Morton. And his record ends up being 18-8. So there's games that he pitched... Five, there, there's one game Charlie Morton pitched five and two-thirds of an inning. He gave up five runs, and he got a win. He don't deserve to get a win there, so I changed it to a loss. Five and a half, five and two-thirds innings, five runs allowed, but the Astros scored 12 runs. So I, I adjusted that and made it a loss, but his record still comes out 18-8. and eight. So Keiko goes from 12 and 11 to 17 and 16. Charlie Morton goes from 15 and 3 to 18 and 8. So he gains three wins and he gains five losses. So with that being said, I know that's not the best way to judge somebody. There's so many more ways to do this. We all know. But I just made the statement that Dallas Keiko is a 500 that he barely hit 500 last season for the Astros and all these other guys, even Lance McCullers Jr., who I didn't point out, even he went 10 and 6. And his ERA was worse than Dallas Keuchel's. Not sure what that means. But it means something, and it does point out, you look at the win-loss record, he was the worst pitcher for the Astros last year. And the win-loss record shows it, and other things show it. But anyway, I got jumped on just by saying he was a 500 pitcher by some Mr. Know-it-all that thinks nobody knows anything about sabermetrics or anything else. And that just led me to this. And anyway, I hope you found it interesting. And if you stopped listening halfway through, that was cool too. But anyway, I hope that is it for this episode. 
I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, tomorrow is the one-year anniversary of the podcast. Uh, not sure if I'm going to make one or not. So it kind of seems like I'm making one every other day. So I'll probably stick with that. But anyway, thanks a lot. I do appreciate everyone out there for listening. And we will see you next time on Astros Baseball. Thanks for listening, folks. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.